future goals. Come see us today. Parker Mellinger, focusing on where you're going, not where you've been. So what's wrong, Fido? Did Timmy fall down the well again? What? You mean you don't want this dog food? You want a different dog food? Okay, so you want Northwest Naturals raw diets for dogs, sold locally only at the Health Nut? Wait, wait, you want some A-plus Answers raw goat milk formula with raw honey and organic cinnamon? And they have Northwest Naturals for cats too? You guys stay right here. I'm going to the Health Nut in Sheridan's Fifth Street Mall right now. Hi, this is Christy Kinghorn with Buffalo Realty, and let's talk about 343 North Main Street, an updated restaurant building with kitchen on the main street of Buffalo, Wyoming. High visibility with inside and outside dining, covered patio for summertime dining, and a large detached garage with two standard garage doors area for storage. The commercial kitchen is with the building. Call me Christy Kinghorn at Buffalo Realty, connecting people with property. Your business deserves a strong partner. First Federal Bank and Trust provides cash management services to help your business collect, disperse, and manage funds. Whether you need merchant services or positive pay fraud protection, our team will find the tools that best support your business. Contact a cash management officer today by visiting efirstfederal.bank. First Federal Bank and Trust is your partner in success. Member FDIC. This week on the Weekend Sports Ramp Podcast, presented by Jack and Kathleen Wood at 307 Real Estate, we had two of the biggest postseason upsets in recent memory come from the same generic location. Steph Curry proves once again why he's one of the most influential players of the 21st century. And the first month of regular season baseball is done. We go through the surprises and disappointments. And yes, the Rockies are in the disappointment category. We have those topics and more on the Weekend Sports Wrap Podcast on sharedamedia.com or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Public Pulse, your information and conversation program brought to you by First Federal Bank and Trust. You can voice your opinion by calling 672-KROE. That's 672-5763. Now, your host for Public Pulse, Floyd Whiting. Good morning and welcome to Public Pulse. Now, May is Law Enforcement Appreciation Month. Social media, it's a good place to see pictures of faraway family, catch up with friends. It allows reputable sources of news, such as Sheridan Media, a place to get the information out to people. But it also breeds misinformation. The difference is oversight. There are people who are going to disagree, but we here at Sheridan Media have heard it all. If I were to post a story knowingly containing false information... I get fired. Not a talking to, not a slap on the wrist. I get fired. Another organization here in town has seen their fair share of misinformation posted about them. And misinformation on social media spreads faster than fire in dry grass pushed on by a Wyoming wind. I am joined this morning by the chief of the Sheridan Police Department, Travis Koltiska, and captain of the force, Tom Ringley. Good morning, gentlemen. Good morning, Floyd. Floyd. this is the first time you've seen our new studio set up. Uh, it's it's pretty open. I'd it, say. it is. They got a clear yeah. shot of you. I want. The I, mic. It's I weird. Want, no offense. I want the mic. Although, <laughs> yeah. But the, probably over ten years of muscle memory for both of us. <laughs> exactly. The, the new yeah. mic position takes a little bit of getting used to. Uh, and uh, so last year we actually covered uh, a lot of police myths. Uh, for instance, it's widely believed that an undercover officer will have to identify themselves as an officer if asked. And another one, officers can pull up driver insurance information on their patrol car computers. Both of these are absolutely false, aren't they, Chief? Correct. Uh, I don't know if people get this from Hollywood. Uh, uh, What do they call it? Jailhouse lawyers? Combination of. Jailhouse lawyers. One term for it. It's also just kind of probably a game of something actually happened and then it gets relayed yeah five or six times and it gets slanted a little bit different now how how do you as the pd leadership look at traditional media as opposed to social media 
Well, at least locally, that's our most of our interaction. Obviously, is locally, and and we have a very good relationship and a very good uh, feeling about traditional media. Um, every interaction we've had involves fact checking. In fact, it involves research. It involves obtaining data. It's you know, it's not just uh, some myth or some belief or some misperception, purposely or not purposely, put out there for the media. You know, this just happened. I just saw this yesterday on Facebook that um, our officers made a stop Monday morning. It resulted in a, a seizure of methamphetamine and an arrest and the citation arrest of one individual, citation of another. But it also involved the search through a U-Haul, and there's somebody put a picture and talking about an, an unconstitutional search and. The uh, resulted in nothing, no gain for the community, and there was a lot of people that jumped right on the bandwagon about the PD needs to to um, better understand the Constitution, not knowing the full picture that it, it resulted in a seizure of methamphetamine. Yeah, and so that it just happened Monday. And just for people's information, there's a community called exception. Yeah, for, yeah. For, I mean, for warrantless it, searches, just in case no one knew that. Yeah, but there was a whole bunch of of I, I think one of my the favorite comment on there was. Um, Hey, if you, if you have the PD, if the police department has you stopped, call the sheriff's department, have a deputy there to provide oversight because they are higher ranking than the police department. Um, that's a good myth we should go over. That's actually not true. We have complete jurisdiction within the municip- municipality. Excuse me. Wow. Um, and the sheriff would laugh at that as well. I mean, we have such a great working relationship. Um, it's, it's just, but that's the kind of stuff that gets out there on social media. And then people believe that. Yep. I, th- yep. I think the, the difference is um, so social media comments are um, instantaneous reactions to stimulus. Um, traditional media, there's usually back and forth with us. Um, things are planned, things are edited, things are, are information's reviewed. Um, and it's also very, <clears throat> we have relationships with um with the not not only shared media but the shared press, so, some people, uh, Bighorn Mountain Ra- Radio, and mm-hmm. very very loose relationships with uh, at least by reputation the, the Casper paper and the Billings paper. Yeah, um, I may not know the um, the individual reporters there, but I know the institution. And our relationship with that institution is pretty good. Um, <clears throat> with social media, not only are we not disseminating the news, people are creating the news. And spreading it without any um, feedback from us or validation or context. Yes, uh, absolutely. I mean, uh, I think that's one thing that that really gets me. You'll see one photo, and this this has been around since social media dawned in the new age. Um, and and one particular photo that I'm thinking about is a a president, a past president, was not saluting or or didn't have his hand over his heart during an event. So someone took this photo because everybody else did. And they said, look at that. The president, he won't even put his hand over his heart. Not knowing that they weren't playing the national anthem. They were actually playing Hail to the Chief, which is a song that uh, I believe started with Kennedy. Uh, Play this song when the president walks in. And we would all know it if if we heard a couple tones. But the president does not put his hand over his heart or salute or any kind of acknowledgement of that tune, just stand there and let it play. But you take that photo, you put it up online, you throw some context to it to ruin anyone's reputation that you can. Mm -hmm. And that's one thing that I've noticed about emergency services, about especially police and in this day and age. Take something, take it out of context to push your narrative so that you can seem like you're devalidating anything that they do within a community. And I think a lot of people's narrative is the proverbial 15 minutes of fame, too. Absolutely. Um, they want to get that zinger. And that's fine. There's definitely, you know, all the amendments important, and particularly the First Amendment. People can say what they want. It really doesn't bother us, although it does um, may affect the rest of the community who may, may lose a, a degree of faith in us. Yeah, that's my, that's my biggest fear with it. You know, trust and legitimacy of any organization with our community is vital to our success. Absolutely. Um, they have to, and honestly, I think we've, we've achieved a great deal of that. Um, our calls for service and are, are through the roof, and that is a sign that people are calling more. They, they trust that we will handle that. And if you devalue and you delegitimize and you, you build uh, issues with the trust, it's going to cause people to not report themselves being victims. That's not what anybody at the police department wants. That's what nobody, nobody in the community should want that. 
Yeah. Is that what you want to create? You want to create an issue where the you want to make the community not trust the police and not call when they're victims and we can provide assistance to them? That's what they don't think about. They Like the captain said, they just want their 15 minutes of fame and they want to sound important. And, and it, if people are, and there are people out there far more intelligent than we are, and I would remind everyone that we're hiring. If, yeah. You know, one, yeah. one of the reasons I got interested in police work is I had a, a stereo stolen when I lived in Texas, and I thought, I, I can do a better job than that guy. Yeah. Um, so here I am. <laughs> so, so here you are doing come, the job. Yeah, come, come be part of the solution. Absolutely. Absolutely. And one thing that I have noticed is if, if somebody's making a comment uh, out of context or on a subject that they don't realize, and then they get involved with that organization thinking the same thing, yep. you know what, I'm going to help curb this corruption. And they realize, well, there is no corruption. There's policy, there's procedure, there's things that are in place to actually protect uh, the there's majority. checks and balances. Yeah, Absolutely. And, and also there are rigorous standards that they'd have to meet. And one thing that really got me, the tax issue, property taxes, through the roof this year. It's terrible, yeah. especially for our senior community. Too many people were jumping online and saying, well, they can just change the Constitution. No, that can't. That, but if you know the policies and the procedures, you understand this is going to take years to get done. And, and so that's why they came up with that tax relief program uh, and, and heightened those uh, you know, requirements to get in there. It takes a long time to get anything pushed through just does, about And anything. think about what you just said, Floyd. And it goes back to my last point. It's all they can fix it. Yeah. It's why always not, the, the well, proverbial it's, they, It's all right? someone else. Um, and granted, we are here to provide a service to the community. But people are welcome to join us help, and, and help us yeah. continue to evolve. Um, and also, no one's a harsher critic of us than we are. Um, and rightfully so. And no, we all say no one hates a, a bad cop like a good cop. We review all body camera arrests, um, and we also have random spot reviews of all body cameras. But it's, they don't lie. And not only that, we have oversight from both from our prosecuting attorneys. Um, so it's not like we're living in this vacuum where we're this willfully. Well, we don't, we don't live anywhere where we're uh, disobeying. Yeah. Um, but yeah, come be part of the solution. If, if people are that switched on and have the knowledge, by all means, come come help us out. And even if you don't have, you know, uh, uh, loads of time, there's the citizens program where you can become a reserve officer. Absolutely. And, and that's an operation. So if you want to get involved, but you, you say you have a full-time job, and you're like, well, I can't give that up to pick that up. Well, there's an option um, out there. And to that point, I'm, I'm going to, we have a ton of people on staff who could be making more money somewhere else. Right, right. Um, they do they, the they job because they, they want to. They serve. Um, so it's part of that. You know, I kind of downplay the sacrifice because it's a privilege uh, to have this job, but most of our people could be making more money somewhere else. Especially, you know, and that was one thing that always got me <clears throat> when I was serving in the military. How many people would prefer to stay in the uniform as opposed to go work for a private security organization? About duty. It's about people duty. have that innate duty, and it's, it's, it's what they are driven to do. It's that, that guardian mentality and Providing that over you know, that oversight or, and being able to provide a service that truly not a lot of people can provide. Exactly. And that, that, that's one reason why I became a journalist, because it's the pursuit of truth. And when you're sitting in those classes and you're looking back through history and you're learning all the different ways that organizations have abused that privilege. Oh, yeah. It's it, it brings a reality to it as to, you know, they could have caused, <clears throat> excuse me, caused a war. Yep. That could have been the whole reason for, for a war because one newspaper wanted to outsell another one. People it, died. Well, there's also the whole journalism thing. Oh, absolutely. So. The well, Yellow Kid. Yep. It's, it's actually the same organization yes. that you and I are talking we about. We just have to remember in any profession, doesn't matter what it is, there are going to be instances nationwide where people are going to, either make mistakes or do things through malfeasance. Yeah. It, it's human nature. We're not exempt from that at all as law enforcement. We've seen it time and time again where there have been mistakes or through malfeasance. 
but we're an organ, we're an entity that holds ourselves accountable to those, and and we will and we will always hold ourselves as a profession accountable, and we will do everything we can to uh, overcome that through it. And I think a lot of professions are like that, but we're humans, you know, we're human. I don't think anybody wants uh, robots doing this job. Right. You know? Oh yeah. Um, we are human beings, and we are going to make mistakes, and, and even as tight as our screening processes are. Occasionally going to, you know, I'm talking to in general. Right. There's going to be occasional people that slip through, but overwhelming majority of this profession, great honorable people who want to do the right I thing. Think, and we want to get that, you know, we want to get the right messages out. You know, and that's when, you go know, back to our topic, or when people purposely post things that are wrong and inaccurate, it does kind of, it, it doesn't sit easy with me. I don't like it. No, yeah. And yeah, especially as the head of this organization, I would understand that completely. Now, if, if, if something was a problem, you would go out there and address it. 100%. We investigate all complaints fully. 100%. Yeah. It doesn't matter how they come in, whether they're anonymous, through our website, through our Facebook page, you know, anywhere they come in. In person, we investigate them fully. But people have to have enough ownership in it to at least contact us. We're not going to worry about a comment on a comment on a comment on a Facebook Right. Yeah, someone, right. Someone yep. made it two thirty in the afternoon when one would think they would be addressing the needs of their employers um, instead of being on social media. Um, but it's also a sign of success in my mind, where yeah, this is a great community. The crime rate's very low, and people don't have to be intimately familiar with all of our procedures. Right. Right. They, it's, it's not a, a, something that um, they feel the need to be involved with um, because it's safe and shared. Yeah. Yeah. And we haven't had to deal with, you know, the level of uh, police corruption, for lack of a better term, that other organizations have to where the citizen feels, well, if yeah. I don't watch them, no one and will. It, it, it's out there in other jurisdictions, too. Yeah. I mean, we're not denying it. Um, it's, it's, um, it's out there in the news every day. It's like we often talk crime in the media, crime sells. That's front page, top fold um, stories. And it's yep. for a reason. You don't hear a lot about... Um, other public organizations in other states um, dropping the ball, but they, they do. Oh, yeah. There's no one's interested. Quite anymore. a bit, yeah. But when a 501c3 were to drop the ball, it doesn't yes. get front-page news like an organization like law enforcement. And I think, actually, that's a testament to the trust that a community does put its, in its police force. Uh, it's a testament to the sheriff's department. So when something is wrong, you know, journalists do their best well, to make sure that, yeah, we know about it, and here it, it is. It, and it's the same seven people, and it's absolutely their prerogative to express themselves. Don't, don't, don't confuse us. Get right. Us on, on that point. But we could probably, if this is posted on Facebook or whatever, we could probably name six people and, and what they're going to say already. It's, and that's fine. That's a prerogative, but um, it's almost like crying fire. Or, sorry, Crying wolf. Crying wolf. Yeah, um, absolutely. If there's this constant background noise, people spreading disinformation, when someone does have a true and valid point, hope it wouldn't get lost. Yep, yep. And that's that's a great point as well. If there is a legitimate complaint, a legitimate wrong being done, it can get lost in all of the misinformation. Yes. On that, we're going to take a quick commercial break. When we come back, we'll have more with the Sheridan Police Department. You're listening to Public Pulse on 930 KROE, 103.9 FM, Sheridan. First Federal Bank and Trust would like to recognize this week's winner of $1,000 cash and a $1,000 marketing donation match from Sheridan Media as part of their community commitment. Critters, Crafts, and Cooking 4-H Club will be receiving these funds per random drawing. Could your organization be next? We're giving $1,000 to a qualified nonprofit organization every week. Visit our website, efirstfederal.bank, for details. First Federal Bank and Trust and Sheridan Media present Community Commitment, member FDIC. Women of all ages, come to the inaugural Mother-Daughter Afternoon Tea, Saturday, May 13th at 2 p.m. Help raise money for scholarships while enjoying scones with Devonshire cream, pastries, finger sandwiches, and imported English tea. 
Hosted by PEO Chapter B, call 619-997-7646 by May 10th for tickets. That's 619-997-7646. Moss Holders Design Center is here to help you create a space that you'll love. If you're relocating, remodeling, or just refreshing your home, Moss Holders' talented design team can help you through the process. With free in-home consultations, Moss Holders will be able to find the furniture and finishing touches that work best with your space, your lifestyle, and your budget. So if you want to change the look of just one room or furnish an entire home, Moss Holders' designers can get it done. Moss Holders, furniture is our passion. It's summertime, time to roll. Better make sure your car's road trip ready. Midas Tire and Auto has money-saving deals just waiting for you. And listen to this, Midas has a new state-of-the-art inspection process called A Closer Look. You'll get pictures and updates along the way, allowing you to track the progress of your vehicle. Ask questions and get answers straight from the technician. Stop in for A Closer Look this month, plus save 20 bucks off any full synthetic oil change at Midas Tire and Auto in Sheridan. Hi, this is Sheridan Commissioner Christy Haswell. We all know Sheridan is the best place in Wyoming to call home. Beautiful parks, fantastic pathways, and great people, all surrounded by rolling hills and the majestic bighorns. Let's all pitch in and help do a little spring cleaning by participating in the annual Trees for Trash program. It's easy, it's free, and you'll receive a bristlecone pine seedling for helping out. Just bring your load of trash to the city landfill on Eastridge Road between 9 a.m. and 2 p.m. Saturday, May 6th to get your free tree. Let's all recognize and support this year's Trees for Trash sponsors with a big thank you to ERA Carroll Realty, U.S. Bank, Wyoming Corporate Office, Landon's Greenhouse and Nursery, Sheridan County, and of course, the city of Sheridan. Mark your calendar now for Saturday, May 6th, 9 a.m. to 2 p.m. at the City Landfill for the 2023 Sheridan Media Trees for Trash. Good morning and welcome back to Public Pulse, proudly brought to you by First Federal Bank and Trust. I'm Floyd Whiting. This morning I'm speaking with the Sheridan Police Department Chief, Travis Koltiska, and Captain Tom Ringley. We're discussing misinformation and myths revolving around the Sheridan Police Department, and policing in general. Now, uh, there's been a couple different uh, myths that have been out there among the world for for quite a while. Um, We talked about those last year. Here are some other ones that you may actually not know about. Uh, And one of them is kind of gets me because we had telecommunicators month last month. uh, And that's basically a month where we celebrated the hardworking individuals who jump in there and answer those calls for help. And so I, I would love to go into these uh, dispatcher myths. And and one of them, uh, such as dispatchers asking emergency callers for too much information during medical calls. Yes. Now, Captain, in my opinion, there there's no such thing. No, and what they're doing is they're following... Um uh, a protocol called e-dispatching. It's emergency medicine dispatching, and the program's called ProQA. The following is script, and a script is it's basically a flow chart. Do you, is the patient feeling nausea or a headache or blurred blurred vision or drilling at the mouth, which is a symptom of nerve agent, I think. But yeah. anyway, um, they're following the script for two reasons. The first reason is so they can uh, assist the caller in providing first aid to the victim, but also to give the ambulance service um, information. Uh, so they can de- determine what resources they need. Um, but it's very scripted. And, and sitting in dispatch, it appears that people sometimes get impatient um, and just want an ambulance sent. Yeah. Well, the ambulance been sent um, because our dispatchers can also, we call it breaking into each other's calls, which means they can listen, get the information, and send resources while it, the, uh, the answering dispatcher can keep helping the person at the other end of the line. Um, and we completely recognize, especially if a loved one's um, undergoing a serious medical event, that it, it can be frustrating. But we would dislike to let people know that all these questions are, are for a reason, and it's um, for us to uh, reach a mutual goal of helping the helping the patient. Absolutely. Yeah. In the military, sir, I'm, I'm pretty sure you can remember the nine line medevac. Yes. Uh, there were nine lines that you had to report to uh, uh, the, yes. the chopper. 
or not directly to the chopper, but the individual basically dispatching the medevac. There were nine things that you had to have. Yes. Uh, ready and available. And you had to go down all of these. And by, I think they said it was either the third or the fourth line, that chopper's in the air. Yes. It's on its way. But they are learning more about the situation as they approach because they're being fed information from that nine-line medevac. And it's the same situation here. Uh, that ambulance is probably already out the gate, but they need to know, what am I packing into that house? A yes. defibrillator? A back brace? What What am I going in and, there and, with? And it can have such a trickle-down effect if, if uh, Sheridan Fire provides backup um, for, for an ambulance for certain categories of calls, and they need to page people in so they can make sure the rest of the city is covered for another call or a fire. Um, so they're, 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 cons uh, they're seeking constructive information, and none of it's for their curiosity. It's they are following um, a very uh, a very rigid script. Absolutely, and and these questions have got to be asked. And and it, just so folks know, like you said, Captain, it may be frustrating. You may feel like this is taking too long, but the wheels are already turning. Yes, they're on their way. Uh, another one, Chief. I don't. Uh, dispatchers send resources such as police, fire, and ambulance. When they finish ask, asking questions, people actually believe that I, they do, um, and it's rare that that occurs. Um, there are, like Kevin said, when it comes to medical, the one dispatcher breaking into the nine one one call and hearing information. As one dispatcher is ascertaining and gathering information, the other dispatcher is sending resources that are necessary. So they're doing; they're working in tandem. They're sending, um, you know, those those resources out the gate as soon as possible. Um, and, and it involves a, a really a, a good teamwork uh, yeah. between that, that in that communication center. Oftentimes, you know, there's there are times when we only have one communications officer, but they they the, the way they can multitask and the talent they have to be talking on the phone and talking on the radio and it, it, and typing on the computer all at the same time. It's amazing at what the job that they can do and how the, how well they do that. Um, when your call's coming in and and if you need resources. In an emergency situation, they're coming right away. If it's a non-emergency, yes, they may be gathering all the information necessary before sending resources. But if it's an emergency, they're getting them going there right away. And those individuals, those first-line responders, they, they truly need to know as much of what's going on at that situation as possible. As I said before, it could, it could dictate what equipment right. I don't have to run back to the truck to get. And they're, and they're also, um, the communication staff is also relaying that information as the units are responding. So as they're getting more information from the people that are calling, they're sending that information right out via the radio. And the, the, the caller can't hear that because right. of the way that the system works. So they don't know that's happening. They don't, they don't hear the radio traffic. They just hear the talk with the, with the dispatcher. So that's probably part of the, probably what perpetuates the myth. But all of that creates a, a, a cleaner line of communication so that by the time that uh, first responders arrive they know what's going on and they can actually save those critical seconds and uh, it's also how we arrive um on, on some law enforcement calls um or even ambulance we're not going to send an ambulance into a scene that's not safe yeah um so and also how are we going to respond to that some scenes we're not going to park right out front we're going to park a block down and and slowly approach it so it's just for it, it makes uh, scene safety in a variety of ways um, and ultimately that's our concern for everyone is, is safety and, and the uh, top quality service to the people that need our help. Now, Chief, there was uh, something else that uh, I wanted to bring up. We talked about it in the past, but uh, I figured, you know what, we're talking about the work that our telecommunicators do and some of the myths that surround them. Uh, I think it was maybe even last year you and I spoke about this, but people calling 911 for non-emergency. We've got to try and keep the 911 line as open as possible. There's another number we can call if we would just like an officer to, uh, to come to a scene. Absolutely. Um, I think if I remember the number, and I'm, I may miss this by a little bit, but there were a roughly 9,000 911 calls to our communication center last year. Wow. So do the math and divide that by 365. That's how many 911s a day are coming in. That's why it's critical to leave those 911 lines open. Um, a lot of those were probably for non-emergent reasons. And so we just asked to use that 672-2413. That's our non-emergent line. It'll get answered. You get the same uh, response from us um, in a non-emergent situation as you would 
for any other reason, but 911 really is critical to leave that open for emergency situations. Absolutely. Uh, especially with that many calls coming in. And, you know, it, it's, it's really hard sometimes as <clears throat> being somebody within the community who may not know about all the work that is actually being done behind the scenes. You know, uh, well, I, I sat there and watched that officer sit in that area for half an hour. He didn't do anything. Well, you don't know that. He might be watching a situation. He might be in the middle of an investigation. Now, I'm, you know, as, as you said before, Chief, there's situations where, uh, yeah, someone's trying to get away with something. But it's actually incredibly rare. Uh, it's not as frequent as we tend to think it is. Uh, again, because social media and sometimes even regular media feeds too much into that kind of stuff. And so that's why I really do appreciate you guys coming in here and having these conversations with me so that we can kind of debunk this because that's also a duty of journalism. Get to the truth about the matter, you know, and I hope people are listening to the show and, and, and maybe even changing their minds about the way that things are being operated in standard operating procedures. Uh, everyone's out there doing their job to the best of their ability. And I think we're lucky especially here locally. We got some great teams out there doing great stuff. I've got a myth that I, I, well, it's, I don't know if it's really a myth. Well, let's have it. Let's Okay. It. <laughs> We're going to debunk it. So I've, I've heard two stories as to why police are called cops. Now the first story that I heard is in New York, they had copper badges and they were known as coppers. That's the story I know. And then I've also heard that it actually comes from a term in Britain that's derived from an old Latin word meaning one who captures. They, um, having grown up in England, um, they, they're called coppers over there too. Um, so I don't know the origin, but it's probably older than the, the I'm not sure. New York City the Police Department. New York, Department. City, yeah. New York City, I'm not sure where it came from, but I, that's yeah. the one I heard. Yeah. So we don't know. <laughs> just gonna have to leave that one yes. vague. We, we yep. take it as a term of endearment <laughs> coppers you know you watch the old 1930s i, I, I thought yep. it did come from a badge or yeah a, a, some type from somewhere who, who knows again yeah. i guess um misinformation has been perpetuated throughout history not just with the advent of social media right so absolutely really absolutely yeah there's uh, <laughs> coffee shops all over this country <laughs> Gentlemen, I want to thank you so much for coming in and uh, speaking with me about these myths. I really do enjoy these shows. I feel like we get a lot of great stuff out. Absolutely. We're happy to help. And I will relay, you know, if anybody out there ever does have questions, we are 100% open and honest and transparent about our operations. And if you have questions, call. Talk to one of us. Fantastic. We'll explain why we do what we do. Thank you, Chief. Thank you, yep. Captain. Thanks, thank everyone. you, Floyd. All right. Thank when we come back, we're going to speak to the Johnson County Commissioner, Bill Novotny. You're listening to Public Pulse. First Federal Bank and Trust would like to recognize this week's winner of $1,000 cash and a $1,000 marketing donation match from Shared Media as part of their community commitment. Critters, Crafts, and Cooking 4-H Club will be receiving these funds per random drawing. Could your organization be next? We're giving $1,000 to a qualified nonprofit organization every week. Visit our website, efirstfederal.bank, for details. First Federal Bank and Trust and Shared Media present Community Commitment, member FDIC. Gain innovative ideas, learn about best practices, and acquire vital information to spark your professional development and business growth at the Chamber's 2023 Ignite Conference on May 16th at Sheridan College. For details, visit SheridanWyomingChamber.org or call 672-2485. Thank you to our sponsors, DA Davidson, Susie Garber-Johnson, Kennan, Manufacturing Works, and Tech Spring Creek Vine, Pete Consulting, and WWC Engineering. In this day and age, everyone's looking for a great value deal. Well, look no further than your locally owned McDonald's. The $3.50 value deal is available at your McDonald's in Sheridan, Buffalo, and Gillette. Choose from a McDouble, hot and spicy, or six-piece chicken McNuggets, plus a small fry for $3.50. Now that is a value. Don't forget to download the McDonald's app for even more great deals. Look no further for a great value deal than your locally owned McDonald's in Sheridan, Buffalo, and Gillette. Are you tired of dodging potholes and feeling every bump in the road? Don't let your vehicle suffer any longer. 
Call Waring Chevrolet and make an appointment. Hi, this is Chris Hayden. We will set the alignment and check the wear on your tires, steering, and suspension systems using our state-of-the-art Hunter alignment machine. Whether you drive a car, truck, or SUV, our expert technicians will make sure you are up and running smoothly. So don't wait. Call to make an appointment. Waring Sheridan Chevrolet, 107 East Alger, or call 674-6419. Are you a good listener? Has anyone ever accused you of being a problem solver? Someone who likes to help others have success? If so, Sheridan Media would like to talk to you. Have you ever posted something on social media that had all your friends and family laughing? Have you ever fought off a bear? If so, let's talk. Not necessarily about bears, we just think that would be a cool story. Here at Sheridan Media, we have a ton of fun helping businesses grow, and we could use some more help. We're looking for an advertising and marketing professional. You'll earn a base salary plus commission and receive benefits like health, dental, and retirement. So if you or someone you know has marketing and advertising experience or any of the previously mentioned skills, please send your resume to jim at sheridanmedia.com. That's jim at sheridanmedia.com. Sheridan Media is an employee-owned and equal opportunity employer. Good morning and welcome back to Public Pulse, proudly brought to you by our friends out there at First Federal Bank and Trust. I'm Floyd Whiting. For the second part of our show this morning, I am joined by the Johnson County Commission Chair, Mr. Bill Novotny. Good morning, Commissioner. Hey, good morning, Floyd. How are you doing this morning? I'm doing very well. Uh, We've got a new studio up. We're still trying to work some bugs out, but we're getting there. Uh, You were in the studio not very long ago. Uh, but uh, just to let you know, it looks completely different now, sir. Well, that's good. You know, I did enjoy the chance to come up and visit with Aaron Palmer on Public Pulse about Lake Desmid, and uh, I know we've got a standing uh, date that we'll do this interview at in studio rather than over the phone at some point. So I look forward to getting up there and seeing your new space. Yeah, I, I think you'll enjoy it. It's a it's a, a lot more roomy. Now, uh, you're a sheep rancher in your civilian life, correct? Well, we, we do own some sheep, and I own some cows, so yes. Now, is it getting to the point of the year uh, where you're starting to move them up uh, a little higher, or do we have to wait for some more snow to, to fall back? <laughs> We're a long ways away from that, Floyd. And, uh, you know, you look at the big sheep ranchers in, in Johnson County actually just got done shearing. Most of them haven't even lambed yet. So oh, wow. they'll, they'll They'll get their sheep shorn, they'll get them lambed out, and then they'll go through their docking, uh, and then you'll see them start moving up. But uh had a meeting with uh, Road and Bridge in the Forest Service yesterday. We were talking uh, the Hazelton parking lot as well as summer seasonal uh, roads up there and just the partnerships that we have with Forest Service. Uh, and there is still a lot of winter uh, in the Bighorns, but uh, we did <laughs> – we do have our first camper up there. We've got a, a guy in a tent who's up on Grouse Mountain, uh, pretty brave, uh, whoever that individual is. And uh, that's one of those spots. It's the last uh, ability to get cell service. And so I guess if you can't break yourself free from the outdoors, when you go to the outdoors and, and need to be tethered your phone, that's where you would camp. But uh, I think that's probably about the earliest I've ever seen a tent up there. And uh, he may be gone by now, but uh, uh, Monday afternoon, the tent was still up, up on Grouse Mountain. He needed to get outside. After this winter, Floyd, I think we all need to get outside. <laughs> I agree. I agree 100% on that. Now, uh, speaking of that, we're talk about projects. Uh, the county recently funded over $1 million in projects with your 1% funds. Was there any specific reason why some made the cut this year and why others didn't? You know, part of it, Floyd, we had we had more projects than we have uh, available funds. Uh, a portion of the city and the county's funds uh, are allocated to a committee of citizens who looks at the requests of not-for-profits uh, within Johnson County that provide different services, and so most of those projects got funded you know everything from friends feeding friends needed some shelving to uh additional mental health services through our partnership with voa uh so a a wide range there and then you moved into the county requests um you know we are 
looking at some upgrades in our uh, communication system. So our emergency management coordinator received some money for upgrades there. Uh, Road and Bridge got uh, some money we've been saving for three years uh, to purchase a new road grader. So just a, a, a wide array of, of different projects, um, a new vehicle for the sheriff's office. Our, our poor sheriff is, has been waiting three years on vehicles that we ordered to be delivered. Uh, and so he's he's racking up the miles, and we just can't get delivery from Dodge. Uh, he, he now, this will be the fifth vehicle uh, that has been funded and approved but has not been delivered yet. So oh, wow. uh, we're, we're, doing, we're doing everything we can to keep his fleet uh, held together uh, until those new vehicles start to arrive. But, but we've been waiting for over three years for delivery on vehicles. So just a, a real array uh, of different things. Uh, one of the projects, Floyd, that, that didn't get funded uh, but is going to be funded uh, over the long term uh, is our – we have one of the best shooting sports programs in the state of Wyoming through our 4-H program, uh, and they'd like to have uh, a little building out at the um, Buffalo Gun Range for their uh, activities and uh, – They've been fortunate over the years. We gave them some money three years ago that they could start a grant match process. They've then, uh, Pete Doobie, who was our Game and Fish Commissioner over the years, has donated them to two different commissioners' licenses that they've raffled. So they've, they're slowly building uh, this pot. But that was a project that we couldn't fund through 1% this year because there was not enough funds available. Uh, still a, a great project, and we'll work with them on getting that funded and getting that built. But you can only stretch that penny uh, so far. And, and what's so great about that that fifth penny is the majority of that gets paid by people who aren't from here. And uh, you'll see a big influx of tourists. We like to see them leave your money and, and keep rolling down the highway. Please don't buy any property, which pushes people's property taxes up because you like it so much. Um, but please buy items in our community, which generates that sales tax that then we can reinvest in our community. Have, in recent memory, uh, how bad has that ebbed and flowed? I mean, can you really use that as somewhat of a benchmark as to tourism within the county? Is that often used in that manner? It is. And actually, what's an even better benchmark for how strong the tourism is? Typically, what the lodging tax dollars are generating on the 1% side and the lodging tax side, we saw a huge drop uh, during COVID uh, and then a huge spike uh, right after because people wanted to get out. They wanted to do things. They wanted to come to Wyoming because we are very good at social distancing. Uh, and then last year, you definitely saw that level out. Uh, and we are we are up from last year. But I actually would attribute more of that to an increase in our oil and gas activity so you're seeing uh, some sales tax paid on things that are de- getting delivered in the county for um, oil and gas production. That's really what's driving that that blip up uh, in sales tax. Our our tourism economy is kind of holding steady where it was. We know that it's down just a little bit, but that was down from a peak. So we expect a, a great summer. Um, hopefully gas prices are going to stay reasonable so families that are out uh, aren't making the choice of can we get those t-shirts or do we need to put bologna sandwiches in the cooler? Yeah. Um, yeah. I think uh, just about everybody's taken that vacation before uh, when, when gas prices are just too dang much uh, you tend to throw, throw the old cooler in the back. Now, one thing that I, I wanted to ask about, um, and, and we saw this the other day, and, and I'm glad that uh, you and I are going to be able to talk about this. Senators John Barrasso and Cynthia Lummis reintroduced the Wyoming Public Lands Initiative. Now, what is the WPLI, and how could this truly affect our area? We have uh, wilderness study areas that the BLM uh, and the Forest Service created. Uh, they wrote a recommendation to the Congress in 1990, and, and Congress in the early 90s has just not acted. So we have land that is left in management purgatory because Congress can't act. 
uh, because it has that study area designation, it's being treated as de facto wilderness. So uh, several years ago, counties across the state that had wilderness study areas in them convened collaboratives. Uh, they figured out what best management practices were for those areas. There's some parts in the state where it, the recommendation is to become wilderness. The three areas in Johnston County, which there's Fortification Creek, Creek, which is over on the border with Campbell County. Uh, it's a big area where there's lots of elk. Uh, there are then two wilderness study areas outside of KC, uh, the North Fork and Gardner Mountain. And so we convened these collaboratives. They made recommendations to the commissioners on what should happen to these lands. We packaged these recommendations into uh, an act. Uh, Senator uh, Barrasso has been fantastic on this, as well as uh, Senator Lummis. They uh, got the bill through a hearing last year, and then Congress ended, and we didn't get it across the finish line. They've reintroduced it, uh, and we're really, really hoping that uh, that Congressman Hegeman will introduce a companion bill to this because this really is the best kind of public policy. This is locally driven from the grassroots. This is uh, us making recommendations on how we want to see the lands that we live and recreate around on be managed. Uh, And we're just really hopeful that we'll get this bill moving in the Senate uh, and actually move from hearing, get a markup and get a vote. Uh, But it would really be helpful if Senator Hageman would step up and introduce the House Companion Bill to this. This is just good public policy. Is is do you happen to have any kind of schedule as to when that may hit the floor? We don't. They've got a they they filed the bill last week, so uh, they'll have to work with the the Democratic chair uh, of the Senate Committee, Joe Manchin, on getting a hearing, and then after a hearing, there's a markup, uh, but. Um, our hope is that we'll see some action later this summer as, as hopefully the House and Senate actually get to work on behalf of the people. Absolutely. Uh, that would be nice to see. Uh, and this, this kind of sounds like the type of bill that is just a no-brainer, uh, you know, that there isn't going to be a lot of uh, hurdles in its way. Uh, but uh, I've said that before. Now, um, you're also the president of the Wyoming County Commissioners Association. You mind giving us an update on what that organization has been up to? Well, we're you know there's a lot of folks on the, the legislature moving into the interim, uh, and when they move into the interim, then the commissioners have to cover the activity. Uh, you had a hearing uh, of the Judiciary Committee up uh, in Sheridan last week. Commissioners Association was following it, uh, so we are we are very active uh, in the off season. Uh, we also have some education coming up for all the commissioners across the state, especially for those new commissioners, uh, so that they can understand the budget process. And we'll do that uh, in two weeks in Douglas, and we'll convene everybody, uh, and we'll also get all of our federal land agencies uh, in a room with the commissioners. So we can talk through upcoming issues. So uh, we are always working and trying to help uh, our new commissioner in Johnson County, your new commissioner over in Sheridan County, get all of the education that they need uh, so that they have all the tools in their toolbox and, and can able to do their job and do it well. Because there's really not a lot of on-the-job uh, experience for this is what you need to be to become a commissioner. Uh, a lot of it is, is trial by fire and learning as you go. Yeah. Uh, yeah, unfortunately, that's it's it's kind of been that way uh, for a while, and so it's good to know that the you know the WCCA is actually out there to help people along. Now, uh, one thing that uh, is really affecting folks around here, uh, you know, we've got our construction in downtown Sheridan. Buffalo's looking at uh, even an even longer stretch of road uh, to undergo. And is it is it two years or just one year? Well, tentatively, it's supposed to start in 2024. Uh, and I the hope, I believe, is that they can complete it in one construction season. But it is also sounding like it, it may take a little longer. So a lot of apprehension. I know uh, we've had some people from Buffalo go up and look at Sheridan and, and visit with their uh, folks about the good and the bad and the ugly. And I know... Uh, like Sheridan, you guys have a fantastic farmer's market, and it sounds like that's going to be put on hold for uh, 
a couple uh, years potentially. You know, we have Crazy Woman Square where we hold our farmer's market, and it would be right in the heart of the uh, construction zone. We've got a great uh, summer concert series that happens there, Saturdays in the Square, and they've just announced their music lineup. And so you don't know how those construction things are going to impact your local downtown businesses and those great uh, activities that get sponsored, whether it's uh, a private organization or your local chamber of commerce. And so uh, there is a lot of apprehension about what's coming on the horizon and we need to do everything we can to support those businesses, uh, but also mitigate the impact uh, as that construction is happening. And, Certainly, folks in Sheridan, come on down to Buffalo. We will be open and uh, happy to help you spend your dollars. Fantastic. Sir, I greatly appreciate you. Thank you for calling in. Always a pleasure, Floyd. All right. You've been listening to Public Pulse on 930 KROE 103.9 FM. Sheridan. First Federal Bank and Trust would like to recognize this week's winner of $1,000 cash and a $1,000 marketing donation match from Sheridan Media as part of their community commitment. Critters, Crafts, and Cooking 4-H Club will be receiving these funds per random drawing. Could your organization be next? We're giving $1,000 to a qualified nonprofit organization every week. Visit our website, efirstfederal.bank, for details. First Federal Bank and Trust and Sheridan Media present Community Commitment, member FDIC. Mandy Koltiska from Century 21 BHJ Realty brings you this pet of the week from the dog and cat shelter. Rocky is a champion Kelpie mix puppy who is super affectionate and loves to play. At nine months old, he could definitely use some puppy training and maybe a good side job to keep his mind stimulated. If your home is puppy-proofed and in need of some great entertainment, come and meet Rocky today. Saturday, May 20th, at the Johnson County Fairgrounds, 40 of the top PRCA bull riders will compete on their journey to qualify for the NFR. The gates open at 5 with amazing vendors. The first shoot opens at 7. It's going to be a night you don't want to miss. Join the after party with live music at the Cowboy Saloon. Safe rides will be available. Get your tickets at the gate or online at foreverwest.events. For updates, like us on Facebook at Forever West Productions for updates. Have you ever heard that spring is nature's way of saying, let's party? That said, Handel Service Center is now featuring quick turnaround time on spring tune-ups on your 4 before side-by-side, or dirt bike. You gotta get out there, pards. Heck yeah, but you gotta get back again, too. So get that machine into Handel's on Sheridan's Heartland Drive and get it fixed up, tuned up, zooped up to righteous dependable. It's spring, and by golly, at the end of the day, you should smell like dirt. Get out there and get back again, but get the Handel Service Center first. Heads up, partners. This is about mom. Are you looking for the perfect Mother's Day thought? Look no further than Frackleton's. From now until Mother's Day, we will offer a 5% discount on Frackleton's gift cards for mom. And it'll include a wrapped rose to make a perfect gift for those who don't know what to get mom. The gift cards and roses can be picked up Thursday, Friday, and Saturday before Mother's Day. Cards must be purchased in person or via phone. Make this Mother's Day one she'll never forget. Call or stop by Frackleton's to make this the most special Mother's Day ever. Whether you're planting a tree or digging a foundation, contact One Call of Wyoming at 1-800-849-2476 or 811. Call two business days before you dig. It's free and required by law. Repairs to utilities can be expensive. Cutting a gas line or electrical line can be deadly. No matter if it's weekend yard work or major construction, call One Call of Wyoming at 1-800-849-2476 or 811. Sponsored by Public Service Commission, Wyoming Association of Broadcasters in this station. From the Wyoming Corporate Office Studio on 103.9 FM and News Talk 930. K-R-O-B.